Good morning, everyone. It's a different experience standing up here without you guys here in front of me. I'm going to miss hearing Chantel's hallelujahs and Richard Green's that's right, that's right, which normally punctuate each point made. I'd like to say a big hello also to our Malawi guys who've been listening in. Moni Amalawi. Hello, Malawians. Welcome also to anyone outside of All Nations Church family that are listening in. It's great to have you join us and please feel free to connect with us if you're able to. And you can do that this through our website. One of the things that we've been able to do to continue to stay connected as a family is to phone round and WhatsApp people regularly just to check how they are, to see if they need anything. It started off with our over 70s group and those that we deemed to be most vulnerable, but then it quickly spread. If you're currently not connecting in with All Nations, then please call me or email me and I'll sort this out for you. I have a group of people that I have been connecting in with and checking up, it, checking up with. And I end up feeling totally blessed by them. People like Lois and Terry Jones, the Sessions, the Robinsons, the Garsides, and others where I contact them and, and they just lift my spirits with their encouragement, with their prayers, with their wisdom, and with their joy. And I just want to say a big thank you to these guys. Please continue to reach out to people. Please call them, WhatsApp them, just any way of communicating with them. We, we need to stay connected as a family. So today we're going to continue with John's Gospel, looking at John 20, verse 19 to 31. I'll be using the NIV translation. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not a disciple when Jesus came, or was not there when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were, and put my hands in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Through the door, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Let's just pray. Father God, we pray just breathe on us afresh today. Just fill us with your Holy Spirit. 
Let's fill us afresh. Let our eyes be open. Let our ears be open. Let our hearts be open for your word. Come and speak to us today in your almighty name. Amen. I just encourage you that if you do hear from God, if you do feel that he's speaking to you at any point through the service, I know we're not together, but feel free to email in to the prophetic, prophetic at allnations.org or, or contact somebody to share what God is saying to you. We don't want to lose that as we do this in different ways. Don't you just love that Jesus' first words to his disciples were, peace be with you. In the midst of all the fear and all the confusion, all that was going on in the minds of the disciples, whether it was the fear of the Jewish leaders that kept them behind locked doors, or they were just actually afraid to run into Jesus. I mean, face it, the last time they'd seen the disciples was when they were deserting him at his arrest in Gethsemane. But whatever the reason for the fear, Jesus appeared in the room and said, peace be with you. I love this. I might have led with, thanks guys, where were you when I was arrested, beaten, hung on the cross? Great friends you turned out to be. But not Jesus, not our saviour. His first words are, peace be with you. And this echoes his final words before he went to the cross during the discourse in the upper room. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He's telling them, because of what I'm about to do, you don't have to be afraid. I'm going to conquer death, conquer sin, and triumph over darkness. I'm not leaving you alone. John 16:33 says, I've told you these things so that you in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. As Christians, we know that we will have trouble, but he has overcome the world. Jesus declared on the cross, it is finished. Job done, mission accomplished. And we see that message of peace reaffirmed post-resurrection when he appears in that room and just delivers that line, peace be with you. In this lockdown that we find ourselves in, in this time of tribulation, of fear, that seems to be gripping the whole of the nation, that picture of the disciples behind locked doors seems to resonate more clearly than ever before. But we too can know the peace of God. We too can hear Jesus tell us, peace be with you. Peace be with you in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You'll notice that a locked door can't keep him out, whether it's the physical locked door that the, the disciples hid in fear behind, or locked down because of coronavirus, or emotionally locked down, where areas of your head or your heart are closed off, or no-go areas. Jesus can enter. He can get in. And when he does, he declares peace over you. But he won't force himself. It says in Revelation 3.20, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my, door, my voice and opens the door, I will come in. He is the bread of life. He will meet our every need. We sung today, my comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength. Let Jesus be this for you. 
Let him in. Let him bring peace. Verse 22 says, And with that he breathed in them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed life into the paralyzed, impotent disciples who sat in fear. And he gave them life. Just like in Genesis, when man was first formed from the soil of the ground, God breathed life into him. The same God who breathes life into dry bones breathes life into the disciples so that they might live and live a life in abundance. The disciples knew that Jesus had risen because John tells us that Mary Magdalene was sent by Jesus to the disciples with the news. So if the resurrection was such amazing news, why are they hiding? Why are they fearful? Why are they not changed by the gospel? The passage goes on to talk about Thomas, often referred to as Doubting Thomas, seeking proof from Jesus that it's really him, that he really is the risen Lord. How many of the other disciples just breathed a sigh of relief at that time as Thomas asked that question? One thing about Thomas is that he wasn't afraid to ask questions that might make him look foolish. And it's okay to do that. It's okay to ask. It's okay to give voice to your fears. Later on in his life, Thomas has been attributed with taking the gospel to India and was, and was in the end martyred for sharing the gospel. So what is it that takes him from cowering, frightened, trembling men hiding in a locked room to bold, confident men who endured persecution? and even death, and made them willing to put themselves in danger by publicly proclaiming the risen king. The Holy Spirit is the breath of the Spirit that resurrects dry bones. It's the breath of the Spirit that breathes life into us. It's the breath of the Spirit that seals the work of the cross in us that we will willingly set aside our own interests, our own comfort, and even our own safety to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Last Sunday, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection does and should make a difference in our lives. But it takes time. It's a journey. And it's a journey that we're all on. And some days seem harder than others. I don't know about you, but there are some days when I feel like I'm putting back on those filthy rags stepping back into my old ways of self-sufficiency, of doubt. We live in a sin-sick world, and in my lifetime, it's never been more evident. As this devastating virus sweeps the nation and the nations, claiming more than 134,000 lives worldwide. We have leaders fighting over who's to blame. We see division in nations. And even as we were witnessing unity in communities, there are times over the last weeks when I must admit I've allowed myself to give in to that fear, particularly when I had a chest infection and was worried that I was making my own family feel vulnerable. I don't think I've really gone through much testing as a Christian. I don't know about you, but I've read and agreed with the Bible verses that say things like, to live is Christ, to die is gain deny yourself and pick up your cross. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. 
but I've never really had to put them to the test before. What if this is our time? What if the time is now? The harvest is plentiful. People are crying out for meaning, for hope. Are you prepared to be a worker? Are you prepared to do whatever it takes to advance the gospel, to pray for the sick, to serve the poor at whatever cost? I read in an article by the Evangelical Alliance that we should be encouraged as Christians to be the non-anxious presence that speaks of the Prince of Peace and his wonderful coming kingdom. Over the history of the church, we see spirit-filled Christians setting aside their own safety, their own comfort, their own interests, and even in some cases, their own lives in response to sickness, disease, wars. And that should be our response now. We need to be a visible presence in our community to bring salt and light. We need to bring hope to the nation and the nations. It's time for us to rise up. We know that it's a journey, just like the disciples in that locked room. But Resurrection Sunday has been. Jesus has breathed on us. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And we need to keep on receiving the Spirit. We need to understand the work of the cross. We need to understand that Jesus loves us and that perfect love drives out fear. So keep your eyes focused on him and on that which is eternal. Do you know why so many drivers crash when they're using a mobile phone? It's because they veer off the path. They get distracted. They no longer focus on keeping in their lane, on fixing the eyes on the road and the dangers ahead of them. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on that which is eternal. Um, other words of songs that we've just sang just resonate with me. Their significance of just never being more poignant. We just sung, God, I look to you. I won't be overcome. Give me wisdom to know just what to do. God, I look to you. You're where my hope comes from. With all my heart, I pray for this to end. I pray for lives to be spared. I pray for the, a vaccine for this virus to be found. The majority of us will probably never be involved in the research for this to happen. We have no control over who lives or who dies. But we do have a role to play in eternal life of those who don't yet know, know Jesus. Those that don't yet have the hope that we have. He is where our hope comes from, and we need to show, share that hope to a desperate world. Jesus breathed life into his disciples and sent them out. He sent them to share the gospel, to bring the good news of the way to salvation and heaven to the world. Verse 23 says, If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This verse is not giving the power and authority to forgive sins. But what it is doing is reassuring the disciples that they can be confident and proclaiming to people that the gospel message means that their sins are forgiven if they put their trust in Jesus. And those that don't put their trust in Jesus will not be forgiven. 
John 3.36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. And we too are commissioned to proclaim this message with confidence. So what does it look like? Many in our community are on 12-week lockdown. Many are confined to the house or working from home, navigating how they do this while entertaining children. So how do we live out our commission under these circumstances? Number one, nurture your relationship with Father God. Timothy Keller wrote, God acts through his word. The word is alive and active, and therefore the way to have God dynamically active in our lives is through the Bible. To understand the scripture is not simply to get information about God. If attended to with trust and faith, the Bible is a way of hearing from God, of hearing him speak, and also to meet with God himself. God has so identified himself with his words that whatever someone does to God's words, they do to God. God's verbal actions are a kind of extension of himself. So meditate on scripture, spend time in his presence, allow what you read to renew your minds. Let him breathe his spirit into you. The second thing we can do is love your neighbor. The Bible tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we have the great privilege of being able to serve our community in a variety of ways. We've done meals for key workers, blessing bags, meals for some of our more vulnerable in the community, as well as shopping for people, picking up prescriptions, dropping off food bank parcels. We've been providing energy cars for those without a means of heating their house or cooking their food. We've also just set up something that helps support those who are bereaved, those who are lonely and those who are anxious. And I'm sure there are going to be many of them as this unfolds. How can you get involved? Seek to bless those in your neighborhood. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. Look for ways to be a blessing. This isn't a time to pull up the the drawbridge and self-preserve. And then the final thing is recognize the greatest need. Reaching out to people in practical ways is a great thing to do, especially especially if the glory goes to God. But at the end of the day, their biggest need isn't practical. It isn't rural or even food and medicine. The real need our our neighbours have is to know Jesus. It may seem like an impossible task in this shut down world, but the word of God cannot be silenced. Our services are going out to literally hundreds upon hundreds of people each week, wider than the all nations community. And we're getting better and better at doing this. I love it that we've now included worship in our service. You know, it's making it feel more joined up, more like what it looks like on a Sunday. We're so grateful for Andy Erdley and for the worship teams that we've now got this going. Why not share the link on Facebook? Just put it up there and see who has a look at it. We've given out John's Gospels to the homeless, along with Easter eggs, the ones that are currently staying in a hotel. We're looking at how to start an alpha course online. We want to get creative 
and to share the gospel to the nations and the nations who are just crying out for hope. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe. Let's reach them. And you have a part to play in this. If you have creative ideas, please don't keep them to yourself. Come and share them with us. Let's just pray. Lord God, we pray you, you breathe on us afresh today. We receive your spirit. Still our hearts, still our minds. We recognize, Father, that you are sovereign over all. We thank you, Lord, that you are our Lord and our Savior, and we submit to you afresh today. Lord, help us to take up our cross and follow you. Father, we allow your Holy Spirit to have free reign in our lives. Father, fan into flames afresh that heart to share the gospel, to see people saved, to see people set free, to see people healed. Help us to take hope to desperate and a helpless world. Father, help us to do this in creative ways. Help us to reach the nation and the nations with the, the hope that we have been given. In your almighty name, amen.